Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. This episode features Peter Watson, founder of Watson's Daily. Peter gets up at 4am every day to leverage his experience in a number of sectors in analysing news stories around the world. In this episode, Peter and I discuss commercial awareness, everything you need to know about it, the financial markets, and of course, COVID-19. Let's get into it. So hi, Peter. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And we were discussing a little bit before we came on the air um, in the run-up to this show about your background. And I have to say, I don't think I've met anyone who's worked in or worked around so many different industries as you um, <laughs> when it came to uh, everything that you've been involved in. Um, and I guess when it comes to something like commercial awareness, which is what we're going to be talking a little bit about today, um, that kind of multivariate experience is going to be really useful when it comes to developing your kind of knowledge of all the different markets and all these different industries and how they function. So hopefully today for students or junior lawyers or anyone else who's listening, um, they can kind of get a bit of an insight into all of your experiences and how they've led you to create your Watson's Daily um, newsfeed and to see how you tackle these commercial issues. But before we get too much into all that sort of stuff, um, I guess commercial awareness generally, how would you define it as a as a phrase you hear a lot a two-word buzz phrase when it comes to recruitment what was your sort of take on what it's all about well as you say well thank you very much for the for, for that lovely introduction um <laughs> first of all um so i think that uh there are many different ways and people have got various definitions um so my definition is uh so i i say it's the appreciation and understanding of how companies and industries work in the wider environment Mm -hmm. and how they make money um i think that there are different elements to commercial awareness and actually commercial awareness means different things to different people Mm -hmm. um but I would say that with regards to your um, audience, um, I, that, that's the way I would define it. And, and I also think that there are a couple of elements that are key uh, parts as well to commercial awareness. One is that although you've got, although it's important to know basic facts, mm-hmm. um, it really, as I say, the secret source is all in about, it's all about how to put those facts together in such a way that you can either understand the current situation better or ideally that you can try to predict what is going to happen in the future. So there's an element of uh, futurism, I guess, to your uh, to your approach to commercial I think so. I, I think you need to... I think that if you have enough knowledge and you gain enough knowledge, you will... Be, you will have the ability to try to project what you know now um, and 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 be able to try to think about what the implications are now on the industry company geography you know whatever so I think it's it's a very useful thing to have okay that's really interesting and also before the podcast we were talking a little bit about how one can sort of self-measure your kind of ability to commercially analyze an issue um, and you talked about there being three levels of commercial awareness um, that you kind of walked me through would you be able to sort of share your thoughts on that yes yeah, certainly so um yeah I, I think there are three levels um low medium and high um mm-hmm. and i would say that low a low level of commercial awareness is generally characterized by knowing some facts about a particular a particular thing um having an opinion but this opinion doesn't isn't very robust doesn't stand up to much questioning um and also tends to concentrate on the human aspects of the story 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so for instance, um, at the moment, if you have um, let's take let's take airlines for instance, um, airlines are all having a nightmare at the moment. So, someone with low level of uh, of commercial awareness will probably think Branson is the billionaire money grabber. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a what 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 an evil person he is. Sorry, I'm probably going a bit extreme there, but <laughs> um, anyway, so you know, money grabbing Branson, um, uh, and they shouldn't get that. You know, they shouldn't get loads of money because it's needed elsewhere or something. You know, that kind <laughs> of opinion. Uh, and the human aspect is think of all those people that um, that are going to lose their jobs, and it's no fault of their own. Okay, so that that I mean that's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but that's I'd say that's a low level. So a medium level will be where you are more solid on the basic facts, um, but your opinion is still, you know, not fully, not really fully formed. May you know doesn't stand up that well to to argument. And the other thing as well is you tend to think more about the company itself in isolation, mm-hmm. um, and that you tend to think of the short-term implications only. Mm-hmm. So, so for instance, again, taking taking the airlines, you could say that um, you know you know you know that um, it's not just it's not just um, Branson. It's all the flag carriers around the world are having a nightmare. Plus, all the budget airlines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, every everything has been everything has been shut down. Um, you think that some airlines should get. Um, uh, should get money from governments but you're not mm-hmm. quite sure which ones um and then um you're thinking that obviously this is going to be a nightmare for for at least this this year and that you're probably not going to um you know, you, you you you're probably not going to be able to have your pick of airlines when mm-hmm. you book your holiday for instance okay mm-hmm. Then you've got the high level of um, of awareness, where you will know the basic facts, uh, an opinion, uh, you know, have an opinion, but also importantly, you're able to you're able to argue both sides of the opinion. So, for instance, um, you would say with with airlines, you think you can you could say, well, I think that the um, that that governments should protect flag carriers at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe they should give money to some of the um, to some of the budget airlines, but with a view to maybe some of the better performing ones. And maybe you know they're going to have to sacrifice maybe some regional airlines. You know that sort of thing. So you're going to have mm-hmm. more of that kind of opinion. And then think about then you start to think about you know when is it going to come back when is normality uh, normality going to come back but not only that why is it going to come back and where is it going to come from um you know that kind and and that's the sort of i think that's the sort of level that you want to aim for and Mm -hmm. it's it's eminently achievable um by anyone it's just that you have to put the time into it um and and you know and 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 have some consistency because with commercial awareness it's not something you can just revise overnight or read mm-hmm. a book or whatever it is it is something that you have to chip away at every day really um you know once a once a week once a month um the night before the interview um which is what most people do um <laughs> is is just generally not going to cut it you know you're much better off chipping away at it constantly and trying to change the way that you think about news uh, and that will really help you 
Fantastic. And you've, you've kind of walked us through a, a great case study there. And for people who are listening, hopefully not before the night of the interview and are looking to, as you say, kind of make that time-based commitment and to chip away. Um, when it comes to you know your writings for your website um, and it comes to analyzing those commercial issues, what's the kind of summary of your, your thought process when it comes to I've approached an issue and I'm going to break down something like airlines or something like the coronavirus? Um, well, I tend to use um, I tend to use mind maps. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, um, I also write for uh, various com- uh, for a few companies um, on commercial uh, uh, issues, and whenever I'm asked to do this, um, this is the way I do it. So I start off with a central theme, as you do with with you know with a normal mind map, and then you then you then start to look at the components of that idea or theme and then break those components down further so for instance today with this example of airlines are a nightmare okay <laughs> so that's that would be your central thing okay yep. so then around it you maybe break that down into the airplane makers themselves um, the customers who are going to fly on the airlines the airlines and the insurers so um so you start off with that, for instance. Then you break each c- category down. So, for instance, with the aeroplane makers, you break them down to Airbus and Boeing. You then break customers down to business customers and, you know, normal or travellers, <coughs> I guess. Insurers, you could have um, um, business interruption insurers uh, and holiday insurers because the business interruption, of course, is is what's happened you know mm-hmm. um, because of this because of the outbreak of the virus and the holidays obviously people who've had to cancel their holidays and that kind of thing and then the airlines so you can then divide that into flag carriers and um, uh, you know discount uh, you know discount airlines mm-hmm. so and then you know when you look at that you actually with this kind of thing you you probably need quite a big piece of paper i must say i rely this is this is very uh you know uh, a very strange admission but i i have a uh, a a whiteboard a massive mm-hmm. whiteboard and i write loads on it i write all over it so um yeah so i i find that um what i do actually the good thing about doing it with the whiteboard is i can literally write loads of stuff over it i'll break it down so you know the makers the airbus you know boeing and then break it break it break those down mm-hmm. business customers normal cup break everything down and then i can actually stand back i can stand back and i can look at the whole thing and it's i think that that is a really um useful thing to do because suddenly you can get incredible inspiration from from stuff like this um because you can when you're looking at uh, at a mind map like that you can start making um all sorts of um new you know get get new ideas and things mm, absolutely and that that i can even as you're talking about it picture that mind map in my head and you're very right it's certainly a big picture that i'm trying to kind of fit all those things in but i guess that's what you have to do if you want to uh, encapsulate all of the kind of key parties in the stakeholders oh and by the way yeah if if uh, for for all those white 
whiteboard fans out there because uh, the, of which I'm sure there are there are thousands um, the good thing is is that you can you can uh, rub these rub it out and and you know repurpose things quite easily whereas mm-hmm. if you're using a bit of paper um, it's slight it's slightly more difficult <laughs> um, but uh, but but there are there are software there's software and stuff you can use out there that makes it easier as well this episode of the More From Law podcast is sponsored by Get Into Law. If you're listening, it's like you're looking to break into or learn more about the legal profession. Get Into Law are a law careers advice community that's on a mission to build the most active, value-driven legal platform in the world through social media. They help support aspiring lawyers by providing skills, tools, and resources you need to begin your legal career. If you want access to their latest daily tips, guides, and resources, including some I've written myself, be sure to follow them on Instagram and LinkedIn by searching for the handle Get Into Law. So you've given us a great breakdown there of how you would analyze a commercial issue and the mind map technique and kind of how you're thinking about breaking these down. Um, but I guess a bit more of a fundamental question about commercial awareness then is is why do you think it's so important? Um, perhaps even in the realms of law or just generally, what what is the kind of real purpose that people listening should actually really brush up on this as a skill? It's important for a number of different reasons. So mm-hmm. firstly, I believe that it enhances your studies. So if you're mm-hmm. a student, um, whatever level you are, um, being able to understand what is going on in the real world and being able to use real world examples and apply them to the theory that you've learned in the classroom mm-hmm. is going to get you ahead. You know, no question. Because mm-hmm. it shows that you've thought about what you've learned and it shows that you are applying that knowledge. And it and I think that you know, as long as you do, you know, doing it, you need to do it in the right way. But mm-hmm. um, I think that so few people really do this properly. That if you do it properly, it instantly will make you stand out in a good way. So that's for, that's one thing on studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's really important for your um, applications and interviews. Mm-hmm. And I think that as again now as a ex headhunter uh, mm-hmm. as well, um, I've seen this myself with my own eyes. Um, in in the sense that you know you've got a candidate, they look good on paper, you know A's, A stars, or whatever firsts and things, and you, and and you know you're quite getting quite excited that yes, this is the person for the job, and then you ask them. Uh, a really relatively basic question about what's going on at the moment and they totally fall apart mm. it's actually quite depressing as a as a as a potential hirer because mm. you think god what what have you been doing you know <laughs> what have you been doing all this time you know i mean okay you've been sat there you know writing essays and sorry i i i but you know look sorry <laughs> but you you know what have you been doing with yourself you know so it, it's just it's that extra bit but that extra bit is so important because mm. you have to, you know, you, we're all living in the real world and we all have to react in the real world. And so it's absolutely important to, to know this kind of stuff. Anyway, so um, it will help you being good at or having a good level of commercial awareness will really make you stand out against everyone else. This sounds like an awful thing to say and is a bit of a generalisation, but most people, and this is not just students, you know, this is not just people sort of relatively inexperienced. This is experienced people as well, I include in this, Mm -hmm. are generally not good at commercial awareness. 
right? Mm-hmm. So the good, that, in a way, that's good news because it means that with some effort on your part, mm-hmm. you can make yourself look so much better. Absolutely. And you mentioned there, I did want to ask you, um, as a head, ex-headhunter and kind of working recruitment, when it came to screening candidates about for their commercial awareness, what was the kind of process um, that you used to do that? And what was it that you were really looking for in, the, in that ideal candidate? So I would generally, um, my approach <laughs> was to give them enough rope to hang themselves with, right? <laughs> so I would ask really something that sounds quite simple and innocuous. But the idea, so for instance, um, I asked someone at one point, um, so I was I was um, trying to recruit someone into an investment bank for a sales related role um, for something I, I used to do. Mm-hmm. And at the time I said to them, what do you think about Volkswagen, right? And um, at the time it was two weeks after the Volkswagen um, Dieselgate scandal broke. Mm-hmm. So what I was trying to do was, I, I, I mean, I was basically what I was trying to um, ascertain by asking that question was, A, did that person read the newspaper? Did they know what was going on? Uh, so, and B, what did they think of it? And C, how good was their opinion? How robust was their opinion? Mm. So I'm trying to learn all those things. But the, the first question, the question that I asked sounded quite innocent. But um, this person said, um, you know, and this person was uh, really good, um, you know, um, undergrad degree, done a master's in finance at a really good university, spoke about five languages. And I said, what do you think about VW? And the person said, well, you know, it's all right, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) And I just thought, what have you been doing? And, yeah. and you know, okay, that's an extreme. Not everyone is as bad as that. But, I mean, really, you you know, things like that, it does, it made me, it frustrated me. And actually, having met people that, that fall in, unfortunately fall into that category over the years, it made me think, do you know what, I, you know, I just want to write something to be able to help these people. Because mm. it's just a lack of preparation. It's not because people are stupid. It's because they just don't know where to start. And so I thought, well, you know, that's why I thought I'd, I'd try and try and help them by starting to write um, Watson's Daily. So that that was that. By the way, I've got to go back to um, a, um, a previous point um, mm-hmm. that with with uh, with with commercial awareness. Sorry, I've just got to make sure that I mention this. With commercial awareness, in my opinion, it is absolutely key to come up with a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Right, is no point in knowing loads of things and sprouting loads of facts, and then just sitting back and just expecting it to those to percolate um, to your to whoever it is you're talking to. You've got to come to a conclusion, and I think that you know it's it's one thing to know lots of stuff, but it's another to apply the stuff and then make sure that the other person understands that that is your opinion. No, absolutely. Sitting on the fence won't really get you anywhere in the interview room. No, no. Because <laughs> quite a lot of the time, you know, in 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 you know in interviews and in and in life. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. this is very obviously deep stuff for uh, <laughs> yeah you know, for, for this time of day. But um, you know, quite often there is no right and wrong. I'm going to sound like Yoda now. Um, there's this, <laughs> there is no right and wrong. Uh, right and wrong. There, no, there is there is not. Uh, the you know, this it, it's it's a case of you. You want to show 
um, what, what your opinion is, but you want to show how you got to that opinion. And then to be able to defend that opinion if people start, you know, if people question it. And defend it not in an emotional way, but in a rational way. And I think this, this kind of thing is so relevant to people um, doing law, for instance. Um, mm. I mean, it's relevant to everyone, but very relevant to people doing law, in my opinion. Through your website, you obviously break things down um, through your daily, weekly, monthly, and even yearly sort of reports and yeah. sort of analysis. Um, when it comes to, I guess, putting those together, is your process different when it comes to trying to, I guess, zoom out from, you know, the daily events to, you know, looking at things on a monthly or even annual sort of timescale? It depends. So for the yearly, mm-hmm. I absolutely use the whiteboard um, mm-hmm. because it's, there's so much you know to to come up with um so on the yearly i will try i mean in in the yearly report i break down the g20 countries and i go through all of the you know major facts and you know who's got an election what the major issues are and that kind of thing so i do Mm -hmm. that that's a separate thing but when i'm trying to come when i write it and i'm trying to come up with what the potentially interesting themes are coming up for the for the year ahead i absolutely use the whiteboard technique um with the um with monthly, uh, you know, I pick a I, I pick a theme or an industry and break that down. I'd say generally I will use that, um, you know, whiteboard technique again because there's so much information um, mm. that I could that I could poss- potentially write. I mean, I did I did one for you know for a bit of entertainment as it were um, back in February for instance, a monthly on, on dating websites. I brought it out on the day after Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> um, and actually, it's quite a good topic now, I would say, um, mm, in, yeah. in this coronavirus world where all, everyone's holed up. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I did something like that. So, you know, I had to break down who owns, who owns what because, you know, it's a massively fragmented industry. So things like mm. that, again, you know, whiteboards definitely my friend there. Um, but in terms of weekly and things, um, not not so much because I guess there's there's a bit less to contend with, and uh, you know I kind of revert to the way that I do the daily, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, daily and weekly kind of similar, um, but then once it gets to monthly and yearly, it get it all gets a bit a uh, bit more complicated, and then that's where the whiteboard comes into it. An even bigger whiteboard. I tell you, I mean, you know, I I, I don't know what, well, hopefully sales of whiteboards will go through the roof after this. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We've talked a lot this episode about um, commercial awareness, but I did want to press you a little bit on a sort of slightly narrower topic, um, which is financial markets. Um, We were talking a bit off air. And as I said to you, I think um, a lot of law students or non-law students who are looking to get into law, um, a lot of their focus is understandably kind of on that letter of the law knowledge and thinking about all these legal frameworks and statutes and things like that. But Ultimately, if you're going to practice in an area such as commercial law or corporate law, um, you're operating within the business world generally, um, and financial markets have a huge part to play in that. Um, but before we get too much into that, what I just wanted to ask, um, what was your sort of background um, in this area and your sort of experiences? Right. Um, well, 
uh, it wasn't in economics. <laughs> so I I uh, I did law and Japanese um, at university many many years ago at Cardiff University. For all those who are interested, I got a T one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what that involved was uh, I I did two two years uh, two years in the UK. Um, and we had split finals, um, and so I had to pass the exams to a certain level to then go on to the next stage, which was. Uh, going to study in Tokyo so I did that uh, I did that for two years actually and then um, I came back um, to Cardiff for the final year so all the time I was in Cardiff was predominantly law with some ja- with some Japanese uh, and then when I went to Japan it was predominantly Japanese language and other related stuff so that was my academic background um, my um you know, my first job out of university was actually as a an interpreter for a major proj- uh, project um, in in Wales, where a Japanese company, a manufacturer, um, wanted to build its European headquarters, and I was the interpreter for the head architect of the project, which is a very scary job. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I mean that was my that was my background, um, you know, academically, you know, and, and all, all the rest of it. Um, but then I got a, I got a phone call um, one day from someone who had, who I'd been studying with uh, on the same course. And he said, look, I'm a stockbroker now. He said, uh, um, I, they've sent me to Tokyo. They asked me to recommend someone to talk to Japanese clients. I recommended you hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. To which I said, well, I, you know, I don't I don't read the newspapers, don't know much about economics, and um, is that a problem? <laughs> and um, and he said, well, look, if they like you, he said that they they will really, you know, they'll do all the the necessary training, and and you'll be fine. But the first instance, they've got to like you. So um, I I um, travelled down to London, um, gone out at uh, got out at Bank Station because um, I didn't really go to London very much in that, back, back then and I was just mm-hmm. totally overawed because I thought my god I was looking up and I saw the Bank of England I thought wow that's the Bank of I know this sounds so funny doesn't it <laughs> I was like wow that's the Bank of England and then I you know found this found this company and stuff and it it was all oil paintings wood oak panels and oh my you know it was completely different um, mm. to what I was used, used to and then yeah I, I was interviewed um I, you know, I was interviewed by uh, a lot of, of the partners of, of this of this firm, and uh, but what really did it for me was going on to the the uh, trading floor. They took me to the trading floor and sat me next to uh, someone that that was that I was going to you know um, be working with actually mm-hmm. um, later on, and and just the 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 shouting across the floor. You know, that's the as in not insults. <laughs> well, no, generally not insults. Um, but, but um, you know, things to do with the market and this has gone up, yeah. that's gone down, this will, you know, buy this, sell that. And yeah, all this, it was just awesome. I mean, I just loved it. I thought this was so exciting. And, you know, the uh, Natalie, who I sat next to, she, she showed me the, you know, the stuff on a screen and I thought, wow, isn't it exciting? Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, I really, I did, I went from knowing absolutely nothing to knowing slightly more uh, than absolutely nothing. <laughs> and then, and, you know, I then came back again for another session. Um, and that was, that was quite a, a grueling. Um, but then they, you know, I, I got the job and, you know, I left, uh, I left sunny Cardiff and, uh, and, and came to London. 
but it was it was it was it was hard though because I didn't have any really any financial knowledge and uh it was it was it was yeah it was very um yeah it was very difficult initially no i can imagine um and you mentioned in your answer a phrase which i love which is this has gone up and that's gone down um (laughs) as the kind of financial markets 101 but on that basis and for people who are listening who potentially were once in your shoes and you know um you know don't have any financial knowledge what do you think is the kind of basics um concepts or topics or things that people should know about with when it comes to finance um, especially if they're looking to practice law so i think that um you can do yourself a few favors by by um enhancing your knowledge by i i would say and i don't know him i've never met him i'm sure he's a very interesting guy um but um christopher stokes know the city i think that's a really interesting book i think that it's interesting i found it quite interesting um because it shows you how the different bits of the city work together and actually Mm having been a headhunter obviously i i worked in with lots of different types of business doing different things and i thought i looked at i started looking at the book thinking oh you know what's this going to be like and then i actually thought uh, you know what it's actually quite good this because um he does do a very good job of summarizing um stuff because i think if you try to find that out on your own you'd be there forever in a day and he and he mm-hmm. does it for you so i think that's that's one thing is is to um is is to uh that gives you a good framework of how the the institutions work with each other uh, mm-hmm. that will really help you then the other thing is um i think you then start you need to then build up your own knowledge base um and you need to do that by um first of all picking your information sources Mm-hmm. Um, and then devoting time um, to every day to just um, you know getting getting the information and trying to have some sort of framework. Um, I mean that you know the the good thing is that the uh, if you know how the city works or you've got a bit of an idea of how the city works, that will actually help you um, sort of. Um, categorize the information if you like um, that that you read on a daily basis and you know when I've I've been to um, various companies and and, uh, universities and things talking about um, commercial awareness and every time I I say to them where do you get your information from and I get all sorts of different um, I get all sorts of different answers Um, but a lot of people I I am surprised by the amount of people who just get their stuff from social media mm-hmm. um, because I'm actually, um, I guess, old school in that I really think that in terms of publicly available information, newspapers mm-hmm. are are the go-to um, because they are, there is consistency within their writing. So they, they write, you know, they're not, they're not just write you know today they're just writing about banks and tomorrow um they're writing about love islands or something you know <laughs> you, you know you've got someone who is covering that kind of area so that that's mm-hmm. really good and the other thing as well is you've got accountability because that you know because the 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 newspaper has got a certain reputation to uphold etc um mm-hmm. then then the standard is good so i um i but i do think it's also worth mentioning that you need to try to use more than one source because every information, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, every information <laughs> source is biased in some way. Yeah. 
you know um some are so you know i mean I, again I, I got a slide that i use in my presentation and it does um it gives you a, a spectrum of the newspapers from the left end of politics mm -hmm. to the right and it and i try to include all these different newspapers on there and i say that so for instance of the newspapers that i use um the guardian is on the left hand side um and then you know you but you know you it, as long as you know what the biases are of each newspaper that's fine you know mm -hmm. but that's the de the danger of using one source is that you will get one point of view and your views will be skewed and not everyone thinks in the same way so um so uh so for instance i i like the guy you know i think the guardian's a very good newspaper um i think that often it has different stories or um you have different business stories to some of the other papers and sometimes it has a different point of view as well which is always interesting so that's you know one of the reasons why i i always read the the, the guardian i think the times of the telegraph are kind of kind of similar um in terms of their tone they're both very very good um so i read those as well um i think the ft in in my opinion i have no shares in them or anything like that <laughs> i think is the best newspaper in the world that i've read um because i think it's very very densely um densely written loads of information um and is generally un i would say unbiased in the sense that it concentrates purely on the the business aspects it doesn't get hysterical um mm -hmm. about things mostly i would say so i like that i think the wall street journal is excellent um sometimes i think that you know their articles can be quite long um so it might be one of those ones you need to set a bit more time for well mind you the ft can take you age it can take you all day to read if you really want to but um the you know the the wall street journal um is is also very good but even that that has its biases as well you know so i mean again i always say that um if you want to find a, a negative article on on tesla uh look in the wall street journal um, because mm. I believe a few years ago they said something um, negative about Elon Musk, uh, about Tesla. Elon Musk took exception to it and then said, well, I'm not going to do any interviews for you. Um, and so since then, it's, it's, it's quite amusing, I find, um, that, <laughs> that, you know, you'll see uh, Tesla sales, you know, Model X sales up you know x percent <laughs> i didn't mean to do that uh but y percent maybe <laughs> oh no i shouldn't use y either should i so uh, you know a, a percent, certain percentage and um and and then it will have there'll be a dig in there somewhere you know it will say something positive and there'll be a little dig <laughs> somewhere in there about elon musk and di disappointment in you know in meeting certain targets or something like that but like i say it's important to use these different um these different uh news sources and then as long as you know what the bias is you're, you're it's okay you know you can you can mm. kind of normalize it you'll neutralize it i guess um so you know um that's those those are i think that the that um uh they would be my go-to i do not think that news alerts on google um or bbc uh you know looking using the bbc as your go-to source is not i don't think is not a good idea i mean it's okay initially but i think if you do google alerts you'll get all sorts of rubbish come into your you know being popping up and you'll end up not reading it in in my opinion 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think that BBC is okay. Oh, this is going to sound bad. BBC is okay for <laughs> amateurs, right? But if mm-hmm. you really want to get this kind of stuff, you need to go a bit deeper. Sometimes, to be fair, sometimes they have some quite good analysis, especially if quite complicated. So I think... Um, you know, for instance, they did. I think they did a pretty good analysis of the U.S. election and how that works and that kind of thing. And I, I think they do decent works every now and again. But for if you really want to know about something, they'll give you a good kind of rough view. But I don't think it's quite good enough to enhance mm-hmm. your commercial awareness in the way that it could be. No, absolutely that's a great breakdown of all your different sources there and um no really useful i'm sure to people who are going to be gearing up for interviews applications and all sorts as to where to where to go for all this different information really. well the other thing as well of course um is you know watson's daily itself because um, <laughs> yeah basically i write so i you know i get up at 4am every day i read all those newspapers that i've that i've mentioned so it's <clears> not an algo you know it's not a aggregator or whatever um and i write those I take this, what I think are the most important elements. I, I give you the synopsis, where I got it from, and then I tell you why it's important. And then the whole idea is that you can read this thing in sort of five to ten minutes. And I've written it in such a way that it's. I try to make it so that you remember what you've read. Because the problem mm-hmm. is with reading newspapers is that you tend to read them in a random order. And as a result, you tend to forget a lot of what you write, you read. So what I've tried to do with this is to make it so that you actually remember it without you realising that you're remembering it. And and mm-hmm. one of the nicest things that someone said is that they said that they were at a dinner party once and they said that someone started talking about a particular subject and they just came out with all this stuff and they said, oh, I don't know where it came from. And then <laughs> and they said, well, actually, I thought about it. I thought it was because I read your thing. Um, so I said, well, that's that's I thought that was really lovely uh, that someone said that. And but yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea. I'm trying to make it simple to make it painless. And so that, you know, over over a period of time, you will be quite surprised at how much information that you can actually um, recall. So that's that's the whole idea of it anyway. And I guess finally, you can't record a podcast episode in April or March or whoever even knows what day or month of the week or anything like that yeah, what, at the moment. What day is it even? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but without talking about coronavirus and everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from a commercial awareness perspective, it's su- such a monumental and huge and unprecedented and every other adjective that's been used already kind of story <laughs> to, 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 to try and analyse. Yeah. But your kind of just brief thoughts on, on you know, what it's going to do <laughs> as the kind of a short question and try to how to how to sort of read the trends of everything that's going on in these really sort of volatile conditions so first of all um i'd say no one knows that's that's number mm-hmm. one <laughs> um given however you can't go into an interview and say <laughs> don't know mate <laughs> um yeah, you, you know you've got it you're gonna have to come up with something um mm-hmm. and i i would say that um you know if you want to try to think about um the effects of coronavirus probably start with what you know and then mm-hmm. work outwards again it's a bit like this whole mind map um uh you know approach mm-hmm. so okay what does it mean so you then break it down into um maybe different industries 
um and and then think about think about that what are the, what are the you know what the implications are going to be for each industry um so for you know you might start thinking about supermarkets do you, i mean it was quite interesting i don't know if you saw today but um tesco have started to sack people that they took on you know with that big oh, upsurge really? um yeah. because um obviously things are starting to normalize a bit now stock levels ordering all that kind of stuff it's all starting to normalize so they're going to be starting to cut people but anyway but what i'm saying is so you know you start off with stuff you know like so supermarkets and think about those kinds of implications i mean i suppose if you, okay right so top top down i think that um you know obviously we're going to be in debt for absolutely years um mm-hmm. i think that what whatever was said in the conservative manifesto that got them in is just going to have to be ripped up and they're going to have to do something, you know, they're going to have to do something again. Um, so that will create a lot of uncertainty. I think that, um, the, all the, the, um, the money that they've been giving out to companies and individuals, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be good for a while, but at some point they're going to want be, they're going to want paying back. Um, and that's going to, you know, that's going to, in, you know, we talk about the second wave of coronavirus. I think there's going to be a second wave in terms of um, financial, well, I say panic, but concern as individuals mm-hmm. and companies think, hold on a minute. OK, um, I've got to start paying this stuff back now. So that's, you know, from a top down perspective, that's a very really rough, you know, thing to say. But um, but in terms of individual industries, um, I think, you know, if you want to think of industries that are doing well, um anything to, you know working anything to do with working from home anything mm-hmm. to do with cloud computing um anything to do with um enhancing you, you know your work not just the work from home itself like your you know zoom commun- zoom uh, um zoom and microsoft and such like but things that enhance enhance that so yeah anyway mm-hmm. so you, you know you could so top down you, know, you can look from top down level which i've you know just said on political basis and then you and then maybe look at different industries and think about how they might be impacted and then if you want to then break down that that down even more then think about individual companies and i think if you do it like that um you'll be less likely to go off on a on some kind of tangent um and miss things no, fantastic. And I think one of the kind of most bizarre headlines I've seen um, when it comes to the economy with coronavirus was the fact that the wrong Zoom company yeah. surged, I think, about 1300% in the space yeah. of a few hours because people were buying oh, the wrong stock. I think that just goes to show how it's such a, a human system <laughs> play when it well, comes it, to... You know, it's funny. Things. I mean, you know, when I was a broker, um, we used to have this uh, system called uh, Bloomberg. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because you put some, yeah, you, know, you put stocks in there. Yeah, you, know, you you type you type out a stock, and these stocks have so many different names and codes and things that uh, not all of them, but some of them do. And they and it's quite it can sometimes be quite easy to do that. So I mean, on the surface <laughs> of it, you've got to think they are a bit stupid, um, you know, buying buying the wrong thing. But then on the other hand, on a practical basis. You can see why, because because sometimes mm. it can be a bit tricky. But yeah, it, it was a. I thought that was a great headline. Absolutely. Um, well, Peter, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all of your insights. It's been really interesting to hear your thoughts on commercial awareness and financial markets generally. Um, where can people go to learn more about yourself um, and all, all the sort of topics and concepts that we've discussed today? Um, yeah, so you can go on um, watsonsdaily.com. Um, 
and you can you can look look at the the uh, materials that are available on there um and you can get free yeah you know, it, it's free to subscribe you know for to for free you get the uh, watson's daily itself um and you'll get access to a quiz i do a weekly quiz because the whole idea is that's try to help you to remember because this is what i'm all about i'm trying to help you to not only understand but remember this stuff so mm-hmm. the idea is you know you do the quiz it's a fun way of of, lear- of learning but hopefully what you should try to do is to keep doing that quiz until you keep getting t- you know full marks and then mm-hmm. hopefully it's going into your brain uh, so that's that's that so you can get that for free um if you want to pay the princely sum of two pounds ninety nine per month which i know that poops <laughs> you know that's sort of second mortgage territory um is uh, two ninety nine a month you get the um i weekly monthly and yearly and the yearly particularly i think is like it's a massive document and and it gives you a view of the world and there's nothing like i don't think there's anything a document that's like this and the whole idea is it's supposed to help you when you go to interview you could get the global context very quickly by reading that because i update that at least every once every week so although it's a yearly document it it's growing and growing every week um and so you'll be able to keep keep up to date with with world trends um and yeah so and there's there's uh and you yeah and and also with that 299 you can also get an app as well on your phone that's all included so you can you can uh you can access watson's watson's daily in my pocket uh <laughs> wherever you happen to be although at the moment that's probably more likely to be home than not <laughs> anywhere else absolutely <laughs> um no well thanks again for coming on the show and for sharing all of your insights um it was really really insightful to speak with you um and uh, yeah thanks so much for coming on. thank you very much for having me Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the More From Law podcast. The amount of support the show has received recently has been unbelievable, so thanks again for playing your part in that by listening. If you'd like to support the show, please rate it five stars on the iTunes store and follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps the show reach more listeners. If you're looking for more tips, resources and guides, you can visit my website www.harryclarklaw.com where you can also sign up to my newsletter and stay up to date with everything that I'm up to. For now though, I'll see you in the next episode of More From Law.